0: Welcome to the first official episode of Elevator Advice, a new podcast featuring practical conversations with Christian communicators. I'm Conrad Close, and I'm excited to host these conversations each and every week. Imagine getting in an elevator with someone who has worked in your industry for decades. What would you ask them? What could you learn from their years of experience in just a few short minutes? Elevator Advice brings you on a short elevator ride with industry experts and well known leaders from a wide range of industries who have valuable experience and advice to share. There's no fluff or long-winded introductions, so you'll get answers to five practical questions in just 15 to 20 minutes. You'll get off the elevator with valuable life lessons and practical tools for your career. This week, I'm excited to bring you a conversation with Bob Lapine. As we planned out this podcast and thought about guests we'd like to interview, Bob Lapine's name was one of the first that came to mind. If you've listened to Christian radio at all over the last several decades, you probably know Bob's voice, even if you don't know his name. Since 1992, Bob served as the host of Family Life Today until he stepped down in May earlier this year. He also hosts Today in the Word, a syndicated program that airs on Moody Radio. This conversation with Bob has a lot of great insights about how he got started in radio, what advice he'd give to people just getting started in podcasting, and how to know where God wants you to go in your career and in your life. So you've shared in the past about how you were on your way to law school um, before you changed career paths and and ended up working full time in radio. What would you tell someone who is just starting out and maybe they feel like they're called to do one thing, but they're wondering if God might be pushing them in a different direction to do something else?
1: Yeah, I I know for me, um, when I faced that kind of fork in the road where I was, I was working at a local radio station, was enjoying what I was doing, I was enrolled to start law school in the fall. I got offered a promotion and a little more money if I would stay. And I remember I took a week and I, I prayed about this, you know, Lord, what's the right thing for me to do. And I got nothing. I mean, all week long I was like, where's the right answer. And I, it was Friday. I was supposed to tell my boss that afternoon, am I staying or am I going to law school? And I'm at lunch on my own. And I just remember I was like, okay, Lord, What's the answer? I got to go tell him this afternoon and still nothing. And then this thought pops into my head. What do you want to do? And I said, I know the right answer to this. I want to glorify you and, and, and do what you want me to do. And it was like, the Lord said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So what do you want to do? And I was like, well, here's, here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to make the wrong choice. And I just had this sense at that lunch, go go the direction, follow, follow your desires. There was, it's not like I was facing a sinful desire and and a right to, follow your passions, follow your gifting, follow where, where your passions are taking you. And God is going to God's gonna lead you and guide you in the midst of that. At least that was the the, the case for me. I, I I wouldn't say just follow your heart. You know I'm, I want to be careful because th- this is not just a do what you want to do. But in that moment, with the choice before me, it was it was God saying, "I will. I'm going to accomplish my will in your life, whichever path you wind up on." And I thought, well. You know which path I'm going to wind up on. He goes, yeah, yeah, and I'm going to accomplish my my purpose in your life with whichever path you choose. So follow the one you want, and I will, I will, my my will will happen in that situation. So I wound up going back to my boss and saying, I'm going to stay, and you know we'll see how far this goes, and if I wind up going to law school a year later. Um, then I'll do that. And that's still my plan. If radio doesn't work out, I'll still plan to go to law school when that <laughs> works out. But that that's what worked for me in that moment. And I would just say, a lot of people get hung up with, gee, I want to make the right decision and you're paralyzed. Is, is this the right decision? I'd say, if you're facing two good options, follow the one that, that your passion is most ignited about and just say, Lord, would you slam the door shut if I'm headed in the wrong direction? Would you make it clear to me if I'm headed in the right direction? And then just keep going. And you're not always going to make the right decision. And, and when you make the wrong decision, God will teach you something and, and put you on a different path.
0: Man, that's really great advice. I think a lot of times as Christians, we tend to get paralyzed by fear that we're going to do the wrong thing, or we're going to accidentally step out of God's will. And, you know, at least for me, I found that God always finds ways to bring us back into his will. You know, even if we might take a step the wrong direction, like you said, God will slam the door shut you know, and as long as you're listening to God, as long as you're sensitive to that, God will, God will, God will put you where he wants you to be. I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, you know, you obviously got into radio, you were kind of just coming in as a, as someone new, what advice did you maybe get at that point that was helpful to you? And and that might be helpful to someone else who is just getting started either in radio or, or maybe as a podcast host, like I am.
1: Well, I'll tell you a story that this happened to me when I was a senior in high school. So long before I was facing a vocational decision. I just had an interest in radio. I I grew up listening to people on the radio and it sounded like they went to work every day and played records and had a party. And I thought, I want that job, right? Play music and have a party every day. (laughs) So as as a Boy Scout, it was Scout Vocation Day. And you could pick where did you want to go and spend a day learning about a vocation. And I said, I want to go to a radio station. So I wound up 9 o'clock in the morning sitting in the studio with a, a radio legend in St. Louis, a guy named Jack Kearney. He was well-known. He's on the air from 9 to noon, and I'm sitting there just watching him do his job. And I didn't say anything to him for about 15 minutes. He didn't say anything to me. He was just doing his thing. And finally, he started a record, and I said, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah. And I said, who are you talking to? And he smiled and he looked at me and he said, I'm talking to Carol. She's 38 years old. She lives in Clayton. She's got two kids. And and he starts describing this person to me. And I thought to myself, that's what, what he does. He's not talking to all those people out there in Radioland. He's talking to one person. He knows who that person is. And he's just sitting down one-on-one communication in radio, you're talking to people one at a time, in their car, on their own. You're not talking to a, an audience of people. You're talking to a, a number of individuals. As much as you can, keep talking to that one person and having the conversation with them in whatever venue you find yourself in in radio. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people say
0: when talking about you and, you know, your career that they feel like you became a friend to them. You know, they never met you, but they feel like you're a friend because they've heard your voice and they've kind of developed that connection with you. So I I would assume you, you think that's a really important part of radio or podcasting or something like that, to be able to form that genuine connection with listeners.
1: Yeah, that's it's a relationship that that we're building albeit one way for most of us, because I'm doing a lot of the talking and and the listeners doing a lot of the listening. I love getting feedback from listeners and I love when we're able to engage, but yeah, it's it's developing that relationship and sharing life together. And But, but think of it as one-on-one, don't they? You know, when you think, and I just want to say to all the people out there, no, you're thinking wrong. I just want to say to you, I want to, I want to tell you what I'm thinking right now. That's the kind of a a dialogue you want to be having with your listener.
0: That's really helpful. You've shared some really great advice for younger folks and you know, who might just be starting out in the industry. So I want to pivot a little bit, maybe to folks who have worked in the industry for a long time. You've worked in radio for what, over 40 years now. How do you keep that passion for hosting and, and you know, in your preparation every day, how do you keep that from becoming a routine where it's just hey, I got to get up and do this again because this is my job. Yeah.
1: For me, I am um, stimulated by ideas. I'm stimulated by um, how to think biblically about what we're facing in our marriages, in our families, in our culture, in our world. So that's, that's just part of, I, I would be doing that whether I was involved in broadcasting or not. That's just a part of who I am. So what what is happening when the mic is on is an overflow of what's been happening when the mic is off. Just me thinking and engaging and processing, doing a lot of reading, uh, checking out what's what I'm seeing on Twitter and, and and watching and listening to what's going on in the culture and and just thinking about how do I order my own life so that when I when I turn the mic on, the the passion is there because this is my time to sit down and have a conversation about what I've been chewing on for the last several days. One of the the great privileges I've had in my life by being involved in broadcasting is anytime I have a question about an issue, about a subject, I can call somebody who is an expert on that subject, who's written a book or they a professor at a school, pastor of a church. I can say, can I spend an hour talking with you on the air and get my questions answered about this issue? I mean, most people don't have the opportunities to to call Chuck Swindoll and say, can I get an hour with you and talk about something that's on my mind that I know you'd be an expert on? But because I have the opportunity to share that conversation with many, um, I've been able to have those kinds of conversations with a lot of wonderful people. So the fact that I'm naturally curious, that I'm drawn to ideas, I think just makes it so that every day when I turn on the microphone, it's I'm, I'm excited about it. What's the old adage that, that if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. So that's, that's where I am. I love the opportunity to have these kinds of conversations.
0: And that has always come through in your work and in your ministry. I mean, I can say as someone who's listened to family life today for years you can always tell your excitement and your passion for engaging in the conversations that you're having. So I've always appreciated that about you. And it's one of the reasons that I've always enjoyed listening to Family Life Today and and the other programs that you host. You've had the opportunity on Family Life Today to interview and talk to a lot of important people. Is there one interview that has kind of stuck out to you or something that one of your guests said that you've kind of hung on to throughout your career?
1: Well, I I recently, I sat down and, and cataloged Um, After 28 years on Family Life Today, I cataloged 28 things that stood out to me. So I've got a whole list I could share with you and and the people I've had a chance. I mean, I've I've interviewed personal heroes, people like Elizabeth Elliott and like R.C. Sproul. I've interviewed uh, basketball coach John Wooden. I've interviewed um, people in political life, in in athletics, in uh, theology. It's just it's been a treat. Honestly, the thing that stands out to me in the years that uh, I co-hosted Family Life today was getting a chance to talk to people who shared really compelling stories of life change, Uh, things where they, they just shared their story of how they were in a desperate spot and how God met them and led them out of it. People whose names our listeners would not recognize, they'd go, who's that? But these were people... Who, who just had stories of God's powerful, profound work in their lives. Those were days when I walked out of an interview and I went, wow, that's, that's an amazing story. I'll tell you one real quick. We interviewed a guy who just recently um, passed on. His name was Ed Harrell. Ed was, a, uh, was in the Navy in the 40s. He was on the, the ship that took the atomic bomb to, to the staging place in the Pacific from which the, the, the bombs were launched. On the way back from dropping off the atomic bombs, uh, their, their ship, the USS Indianapolis, was hit and sank, and more than 800 sailors died. Ed wow. um, survived four days floating in the Pacific at sea. Uh, his, his story... This was, we we talked to him 40 years after this happened. His story of of his faith, the courage, how God sustained him, how God rescued him. It's just one of those stories that jumps out at you as a memorable moment where you, and, and that you say, I've just been with a hero who's lived through something most of us never lived through. It was really an amazing interview that we got a chance to do with him.
0: Yeah. And I'm certainly looking forward to, to checking that out. Yeah. So I want to ask you kind of a little bit more of a personal question as we, we close out here. So you wrote a book um, last year on marriage called Love Like You Mean It, The Heart of a Marriage That Honors God. So personal question for me, I'm getting married in a couple of weeks, actually. Congrats. Thank you. If you could give me or, you know, other young engaged or, or recently married couples one piece of advice, what would that be?
1: Well, having written a book about Getting your view of love right, I would i would probably start with that because I think most of us have a romanticized view. We think love is primarily something we feel. It's an emotion. Um, and if we're feeling it today, that's good. And if we're not feeling it today, that's bad. And how do we get the feeling back again? And I would say the Bible tells us that love is a decision we make. It's a lot of work that we invest. It's a commitment to another person's good being higher than your commitment to your own, your, your own life. So you are pledging yourself. You're about to pledge to your intended that you're going to put her needs above your own. That's a pretty significant pledge. And you're going to do that for the rest of your life that's what love looks like that's what love is all about so having a right view of love is pretty important and i'd just add to that most couples come in thinking okay wh- what am i going to get out of this relationship and that's what i was thinking when i got married what are the benefits that will accrue to me and i could make a list of them and i was looking forward to some of those benefits <laughs> and then then the second question i started to realize that, oh I should be thinking about how can I serve my spouse rather than what do, what do I get? It's what what can I give, which is a good second step. But I, I would say even when you get there, you haven't gotten to the place you need to be because at the end of the day, it's not is my marriage making me happy or even is my marriage making my spouse happy? It's is my mar- marriage making God happy? So asking yourself the question today, what would please the Lord in how we live together as husband and wife, how we uh, function in our marriage, and then make that your goal and your aim every day. Put his glory in, in the center of, of the dashboard and drive with that as your uh, as your marching orders for your day.
0: That's, that's really powerful. I think this will be helpful to a lot of people, whether they're just getting started or, you know, whether they've been in the industry for years. Well, so, I hope so. You.
1: Conrad, thank you. Good to be with you.
0: Thanks for joining us today on this short elevator ride with Bob Lapine. You can check out the show notes to learn more about Bob, family life today, or some of Bob's other work. Whether you're a young Kirsten communicator or somebody who's been in the industry for years, I hope you learned something from today's conversation. If you enjoyed it, I'd also encourage you to leave us a review on Apple, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As a brand new podcast, ratings and reviews are one of the things that helps us gain traction reach more people with these practical conversations. So, if you have a few minutes, I'd really appreciate it. If you have any questions, feedback, or somebody you'd love to hear on Elevator Advice, feel free to reach out to me. You can find me at Conrad Close on Twitter. You can also go to ConradClose.com to find other episodes of Elevator Advice and learn more about the show. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next week.